Welcome you to Your Story Matters, the podcast. This is our third episode and our second episode with a guest. Our guest today is Ben Trueblood. You'll get to hear all about his perspective and story. And the reason I'm coming to you right now is because the audio is crazy. Uh, We had to do it over Skype because Ben lives in Nashville and I'm obviously here in Georgia. So um, we're still learning how all that works. But we did the whole thing over Skype. So the audio is a little funky uh, as compared to my last interview with Kyle. So, uh, But regardless, I really hope you enjoy it. And without any further ado... Here is the show. All right, welcome to the YSM Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Williams. Today I have a guest with me who I didn't see this on video, but I I can almost confirm can bench press a car. Uh, <laughs> he is he has been true blood, and I, and I don't want to say too much more than that right now because. Uh, Again, he is famous, so you probably already know who he is. Um, but it's been the Ben Trueblood, not even Ben True. Is it at the Ben Trueblood on Twitter? No, it's oh. no, no the at all. Okay, dang it. Okay, um, y'all <laughs> scratch, scratch that out from the notes. Thanks. Um, okay, so at Ben Trueblood, uh, Ben, will you just kind of tell some people what it is you do right now, and then we'll kind of jump into the interview. Yeah, so uh, right now it's actually coming up on the seven-year anniversary of uh, serving as the director of student ministry for Lifeway. Uh, prior to that, was a student pastor um, in in local churches, and so that's kind of what I do. Other than you know help coach my son's baseball team and family stuff, and a little bit of CrossFit here and there. So that yeah, that's that's what I do. Cheer on the St. Louis Cardinals as much as I can. Oh man, God bless you. <laughs> So that's been, uh, so I think last time we spoke, um, I know I was on your podcast like one, two years ago. That's a while. Yeah. 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 It was a while back. Um, Ben hosts a podcast for Lifeway. Um, if you didn't know, yeah, he's the director at, uh, for the student ministry for Lifeway, hosts a really cool podcast, uh, that has helped thousands of youth pastors, uh, including myself. I got a lot of good stuff. Uh, from that podcast. Um, for those of you, this might be your first, second time, third time ever listening. Ben's actually our second guest ever. So this is a, this is a huge milestone for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The YSM podcast is taking off and soaring like an eagle. Um, I love it. One of the things I wanted to remind everybody is again, cause a lot of people think because I'm a youth pastor that this is strictly a ministry driven podcast. That is not the case. This is a perspectives driven podcast. And Ben has an interesting perspective where he gets to student ministry from all aspects and now a whole new side of it for the last couple of years, like you said. And uh, so I'm interested in that. So why don't you do me a favor? Tell kind of tell everyone how you got to where you are. So I know you did student ministry. What was that? You were at uh, was it Liberty? Is that right? Yeah. Just before moving to uh, to Lifeway, I was at uh, Liberty Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia. I was there five years. So, yeah, so I was uh, 13 years as a student pastor um, in a couple different places before uh, before coming to Lifeway. And, man, how I got here, it's kind of a, a weird thing. Like I just got a phone call uh, one day, at, you know, just doing student ministry in Virginia and just got a phone call and said, hey, would uh, I'm calling on behalf of Lifeway and we're looking for somebody to do the student ministry role. 
And would you be interested in praying through that and finding out more about the position? And I have no idea like what that even meant. Um, right. <laughs> like I didn't really at that time, I didn't do like I wasn't going to Lifeway camps and I was uh, we were writing our own curriculum. So there wasn't a ton of ministry connection. Um, you know, I wasn't like a super user or anything like that. Right. Uh, they had did Eric Geiger, who was the uh, guy that hired me. Um, had asked uh, somebody to make a couple initial phone calls, and I was one of those initial phone calls. And it just kind of went from there uh, and ended up uh, – that was – I think that took place like in November um, and the middle of March, um, accepted the role and ended up moving to Nashville. So it's a few months process, uh, you know, like five months or so uh, of that process. And, and truth be told, um, came to Lifeway – uh, barely understanding the totality of what the role is uh, and what it has turned out to be. Like I knew, man, this is going to be an opportunity for me to be able to uh, encourage student pastors um, and serve student pastors and hopefully pour into student pastors and make a difference that way. That's something that God had laid on my heart pretty heavily um, was pouring into other leaders. And so I knew that piece of it. I knew there was curriculum in camps, but had no idea the depth <laughs> of what I, of what I was going to be stepping into for sure. Right. Well, now you know Ben. We see Ben speaking at a lot of events, and I personally have heard you at you know they do the Youth Pastor Summit, and yeah. um, so I, that's the first place I heard you. I remember my my wife came with me, and uh, I was like, man, he's got some he's got some good stuff, and uh, and then I think I heard you at Student Leadership University where you speak at uh, every year, right? Yeah, 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 the summer, the summer programming for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ben stays busy. Uh, so if you ever, I, I think you, you just did a, a, a conference or some, some big event recently, didn't you? Didn't you just come off a big event? Um, I was at earlier, what was it? By the time of the recording of the podcast, it was like last week I was at a conference with some people. That one, um, that one though, I would say it's a big, it, it's a big conference, but only for this reason. Like it is the one thing I do every year, uh, that is like development for me from a conference standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, like I go to learn and I go to be around, uh, other leaders to be sharpened. And it, it's just it's some guys in ministry that I've known for. Uh, some of them almost, uh, you know, almost 15 years. And so it's just a super encouraging kind of development thing. And it's been, like I said, that's, that's something I do every year. And it's something that I will carve out time. And, you know, it's a, you know, spend your own money and not out of the budget if you have to. Kind sure. Of, just yeah. Because it's such a special, uh, special thing. So yeah. yeah it's, I- so it's it's that it's a big deal in, because of that. It's you know it's very small. It's a small group of people, um, but it's a big deal to me because I man I feel like I grow and am challenged so much by by the other guys in the room. That's awesome. I like uh, when you mentioned the you know budget and all that stuff because uh, one of my favorite things about the youth pastor summit is that it doesn't cost anything. You Absolutely. Know, you just go and get poured into, which is which is a huge. Deal. If you are, and I know we have a lot of youth pastors that are listening. Um, that's something I would super encourage you to do is get to a youth pastor summit. You can look those up on it. Just Google it and you'll, you'll find a way to get there. This is actually my first year I'm going to Orlando finally. It took me five years and I'm finally flying to Orlando for this one. 
Man, I'm glad you are. It's uh, you know, you get the the Universal Studios pass. Yes. As part of day one of the experience, it really is like we're super happy to to partner with um, Brent Crow and Jay Strack and and then those guys from Student Leadership University, Jeff Wallace, just to to help put on. Uh, we do six of them, Youth Pastor Summits, uh, and like you said, to keep it at a, at a I think this year it was like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, all it was. And so, man, to keep it that low, and that's the commitment, is to keep it that low so that student pastors who, you know, may not have budget money and maybe serve right. in a bivocational role and maybe volunteer student pastors, we still want to be able to provide training to, to all of those people, uh, who, you know, can't just put it on the, on the budget. Super important because uh, I think training is a big need in student pastor world right now. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was actually one of the reasons I had reached out uh, to you, Ben, a couple of years ago was um, when they when I became the director of this this West Georgia network, I I had yeah. no clue what all in until I thought most churches had full time youth pastors. And I mean, of course, I was ignorant to that. And then I just learning from you and a few other uh, pastor friends, that is not the case. A lot of youth pastors are bivocational and need training like this. That's only $10 to go to Orlando, you know, or free yeah. to go to Nashville. So yeah, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. One of the things I wanted to get into. So you mentioned something at, at the uh, student leadership university that I thought was awesome. You <laughs> just because I think it's interesting and you don't ever see stuff like this a lot. I think you know what I'm about to ask you about, but, um, <laughs> One of the things you mentioned, you had mentioned Fortnite kind of in passing uh, while you were talking or something like that. You were mentioning a game or no, I probably went Fortnite, um, but you mentioned a game. And then yeah. you said, yeah, I know about that. And then everyone laughed. And I was like, I was like, what does he mean? He knows about that. And, uh, and then all, like within I'm not kidding. Six seconds. One of my 11th graders had you pulled up on Twitch, like, <laughs> like, like just like that. And was like, hey, look, I found him. And I was like, what? Whoa. So tell, tell me, tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, we'll start, we'll give a little bit of context is not everybody uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is aware of, of, of what Twitch is, but uh, <laughs> Twitch is a, a online media platform. Um, there's TV shows on it. There's sports on Like there's all kinds of stuff on it. There's people doing talk shows and some people do video podcasting through like there's, it's a media platform, but right. Primarily, it is used for uh, watching other people play video games, which some it's people might popular. Go, yeah, like why would I watch another person play a video game when I have the video game? Here, it's it's a question that a lot of parents ask. It's a question yeah. a lot of people that aren't in the gaming world ask. But um, you know, like right now, there's a Overwatch League. Uh, right. is I think that's what you mentioned. Yeah, and so Atlanta has a brand new team this year, uh, by the way. But there, so they'll be broadcasting their event and its matches in this video game, and they'll be anywhere from 186,000 up to the top end of 200,000 people watching this event take place. Wow! Uh, and then singular broadcasters, uh, like at that time in the summer, um, the guy named Ninja was the most watched. Uh, streamer at that time, and he by himself would pull numbers 
uh, sometimes into the 200,000. So that's yeah. what Twitch is. Now, I got into it uh, because I've always been a gamer. Like I, I played sports in high school and did that kind of stuff too and enjoy that. But I also played games and really love that, enjoy it. Now it's kind of a, a relax or release sure. for me. Um, and now that I have kids, like my oldest son um, plays games as well and is in that world. And so getting involved in Twitch kind of started for uh, for a couple of main reasons. One, um, it's a hobby of mine, and it was like if you can extend a hobby into something that maybe is a little bit more than a hobby, then why not? Like I'm going to be yeah. playing games. Why not flip on the camera and see if somebody will subscribe, right? Absolutely. So that was part of it. Uh, another part of it was – um, I really saw a need as I looked more into Twitch uh, for family friendly, clean streaming options, because like my son wants to watch all these people play because they're entertaining and they're really good at the games that they play. But I have uh, like I don't let him watch with the sound on because you never know what they're going to say. Right. Uh, it's completely unfiltered. It's it, it's it's not edited. So like there's, you know, whatever they choose to talk about then they just talk about. So I like he doesn't watch with the sound on in those instances. And so I saw a real need to provide like a family friendly option for people. Uh, so that was number two. And then um, the third option was, man, this is a mission field of people. Uh, this mm. is a group of people who are involved in games um, in student ministry. Man, there, there are people in your student ministry that are gamer kids and, Man, they have an incredible opportunity to reach the gaming community with the gospel. The gaming community can be one that's very harsh, very dark at times, um, filthy, uh, and there, there's a lot of, of sin, just like in any subculture that exists, right? Sure, like skaters, yeah. cheerleaders, or the band. Like there's sin in all of it, right? Yep. Um, but I just happen to find that uh, there's not a lot going on with people specifically and intentionally trying to reach the gaming community. So uh, I thought, why not? If I'm going to be, you know, why not get in and tell people about Jesus and give people a clean option to watch uh, and then, you know, extend the hobby a little bit. And along the way, hoping that my son, who's a seventh grader, kind of picks up on some of those things and begins to learn a little bit about living missionally in that. And maybe, you know, maybe that's something that he uh, maybe not in gaming, but, you know, if whatever he does in life, maybe he will see that as his mission field, which ultimately, man, that's what we want for all of our teenagers oh, yeah. student, is that wherever you are, that you see that as your mission field and do whatever you can to reach it. So it, it's super fun. I enjoy it. I do not get to do it as much as I would like uh, in terms of a normal schedule because of work and, and all of those kind of, you know, my actual full time job. Yeah. Is You're already play. busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I do it when I can and just have a blast doing it. Man, that's cool. You said something interesting there uh, at the beginning when you were talking about, you know, why would someone watch people play a video game when they have the video game, you know? And that is a kind of an interesting world to be in now. But I remember, I mean, 10 years ago in high school, I'd come home and right when that thing started being cool, I used to watch people play Call of Duty on YouTube. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I so into this? You know, and but I'd watch it anyway. I'd sit there and eat pizza bites, drink a Mountain Dew and, and just live through 10th grade. You know, so. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. You know, so I think there's something there that's like psychological uh, yeah. because like we can watch the, the Falcons play on TV. Right. 
I'll right. pick your I'll pick your your hometown Thank team you. I there. Appreciate that. We need uh, all the help we can get. And, and you can watch them, and you can go. I'll never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I see what's happening, and there's nothing like I won't be able to perform that that ability. Right. But when you watch somebody play a video game, you kind of think, oh, like I could watch that, and then I can go repeat it and actually get better at what I do. Sure. So I don't know. I, that just just a thought. Well, it's interesting, too, because I, I think it's kind of – and I don't want this to sound harsh, but it probably will. Uh, I, it's almost a little hypocritical for someone to say, why watch someone play a game when you have the game? Well, why not play football if you have a football? You know what I'm saying? But we'll watch <laughs> football. So I, I think it's all it, – it, again, this is a perspective-driven thing. So it's all about perspective. Uh, it, it is relaxing to me sometimes to sit down and just watch uh, some dude – uh, take down some noobs, as it were, yeah. uh, on online. You know, I don't know why that is, but um, but it is. So yeah, I'm glad we could. Uh, I'm glad we talked about that because, uh, dude, instantly you got like seven new uh, followers <laughs> on Twitch <laughs> within. That's I mean, awesome. you said you said Overwatch, and then I think you may have mentioned Twitch. I don't remember. Uh, and then they they were like found him, followed. <laughs> and I was so like, funny. oh, all right, y'all, just relax. You're supposed to be learning. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um. Man, that's great. Yeah. So, and to to what you said at um, Student Leadership University, there's something I wrote down. I remember you saying when you said leaders are people who ask for help. Just uh, there, there's a hard segue for you. Uh, <laughs> leaders are people who ask for help. Um, I what what do you say as far as leadership? So now you're in an interesting role where uh, a lot of youth pastors uh, specifically, but a lot of pastors in general uh, look. At a Ben Trueblood, um, because of your position, and again, this is one of the series we do on this podcast is people that have extraordinary positions as well as perspectives. So you have an extraordinary position in that you you have a platform now where a lot of people are interested in what you have to say. What is that? Is is that a responsibility that you that you feel is like weighed on you, or what? It, tell me about that kind of platform that you have right now. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, honestly, I think there's, there's a part of it that's like scary with that, right? Sure. Uh, that is definitely weighty. Um, I, that's one of the things that I didn't expect coming into, you know, I mentioned that I didn't have a, you know, a depth of understanding. That was one of those things that I didn't, I didn't fully grasp until coming into it. It's still a little weird. Uh, for me, it's, it's never been, the platform has never been something that, uh, that I sought after, um, sure. even as a student pastor, like I just kind of kept my head down and at our church in Virginia and, and focused on where we were, uh, and doing ministry out there. Um, but having said that, it, it's not something I ever sought after and I'm still a little uncomfortable with it. And some would say, um, that, you know, at this point I'm not doing even like enough with the, with the platform in terms oh, wow. of really getting myself out there and, uh, and, and, you know, I just, the whole self-promotion age that we live in, I want to steer as far away from that as I can mm-hmm. while still, uh, hopefully influencing and hopefully helping people, uh, in student ministry and in leadership and those kind of stuff. So it's a balance. I think it's a, I, I think I, I feel a lot like I'm on one of those like gymnastics balance beams and like one mm-hmm. side or the other would be an overreach. Either I'm not using what God has put in front of me or 
I, it feels like this guy is turning what God put in front of him for like personal gain. I don't want to be on either side of that. Yeah. Um, so it is weighty. Uh, at the same time, I'm very thankful for it. Uh, I'm thankful for this opportunity that, that God has put me in, that he has clearly, uh, and divinely dropped kind of in, in, in my lap. And, and I, I want to be able, like I said earlier, I want to be able to impact student ministries all over the place, all around the country, uh, with some things that I think he's taught me, some lessons I've learned the hard way, uh, as, as well as some things that, that we kind of glean as LifeWay students from student ministry at large and then reveal those things to everybody. So like the research that we just did, um, like those are things that we can do at an organizational level that singular churches probably can't do just because of resources. And so I want to be able to use this moment and this position that I have for this time uh, to be able to do some of those things that I think will be uh, impacting and a blessing to churches at large, um, maybe when they can't do them on their own. Um, I would put Student Pastor Network, our uh, training and development platform, um, oh, yeah. into that same category because we want to be able to make training available for as many student pastors as as we can. So kind of meandered around a little bit there, but uh, hopefully that got to to the meat of the question. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've um, and that was one of the reasons, again, I had reached out um, a few years ago was, I, you know, what platform I may or may not have. Uh, weighed on me enough to where I was like, hey, I, I need a, I need a little bit of guidance here because I don't, you know, people start asking you questions and you're afraid to give them the wrong answers. Um, and so that was why I thought what you said at Student Leadership University, uh, really stuck out to me. Leaders are people who ask for help. And, yeah. uh, so I think that's a very interesting perspective that you bring to the table, uh, that maybe a lot of people, uh, don't understand. And I think a lot of people will blame if, if you maybe give the wrong piece of advice or maybe it was advice that didn't fit their, you know, situation. Uh, sometimes they get a little bitter, which I always think is interesting because it's like, well, I mean, you came to me. I didn't come to you trying to give you, I didn't try to come give you answers before you started asking questions. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that yeah. stuff's interesting. Well, I think the help piece of it, I think so many leaders, um, feel like, man, if I don't have all the answers, then I'm not worthy of the position that I've been get, given. Right. And if I don't, if I'm not able to answer all the questions, if I'm not, you know, all of those things, and we allow that to weigh on ourselves so much that pride gets in the way a little bit and, and we, we begin to really just make stuff up and, sure, and, yeah. and we try to fake our way through certain situations and it ends up only uh, making it worse. And so I, I've found that in in leadership that when we are willing to ask for help and we're when we're willing to say to people, I don't know, but I'll find out or when we're mm. willing to surround ourselves with volunteers or other staff members as your context allows uh, with people that have gift, different giftings and different talents and different perspectives on life and ministry, um, then we're able to make a lot more decisions than we in ourselves were equipped to originally make. Yeah. Um, so, man, this is this is one of those roles that I just I found out real early on. If I don't ask for help, then I'm not going to be effective in this role. 
Right. So it, it really took me saying, OK, let's hang the pride up and say, OK, I need help here. And that help is actually going to make me more effective in the role that I've been given. Yeah. Being sort of like a forever student is is crucial to leadership, I think. Yes. Uh, always willing to learn and uh, ask for guidance because, man, once you think you know it, you've lost it. So um, at least that's what I know. And what do I know? Yeah. I, I'm 26. I know nothing. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, I would so say that I say you you know what you know. Hey, right? I'm exactly right. I know what I know, and I just want to know a lot more. A yeah, lot, lot and more. that's a great it's a great spot to be in. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so let's get into this. So you you have written several books um, along with some other people. Um, I know you wrote well. The first one I ever got was Student Ministry That Matters. Yeah. Uh, really great book and it's 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 not that long either and it's got this cool i mean it's like it's not a tall book it's like a medium like as far as height anyway um so it's like a cool book and if you read i'm like big on like graphics and stuff so like that book caught me immediately when people say don't judge a book by its cover i just feel like they're like yeah true but like if it looks dope on the outside (laughs) like i'm way more interested to read it absolutely it's all about branding um i love that book you said something in there that has stuck out to me for the last two years. So I read that book. I bought a bunch of copies of it for my leaders here. And as our uh, adult leadership continues to grow, I always try to add more of these student ministry that matters book, try to, or at least hand them off to them. Like, Hey, y'all check out this book, read it. This is why we do what we do. Right. So, and obviously a lot of people do that uh, with that book in particular. One of the things you said in there, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And if I say it wrong, uh, don't bench press me, but there's one part <laughs> In there where you said, uh, I want to make the Bible feel less awkward in teenagers' hands. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. So speak to that because uh, just for like two seconds, because I, I something about you just saying this is like the most simplistic and maybe you didn't mean for that to be is I mean, maybe you did. You're a smart guy. But um, when I read that little sentence that make the Bible feel less awkward in a kid's hands, all I thought about was when I was in high school and how I like my dad would make me bring my Bible sometimes to school and I would hide it in my book bag. You know what I'm saying? So I, what do you mean by that? Speak to that for me. Yeah. So I, the research side of it would say like the number two reason uh, that students stay connected to the church after they make the transition out of high school into college is that they were actively involved in personal Bible engagement during their high school years. So that's the research side of it says, man, Bible engagement is super important to a person building lifelong faith. The ministerial logic side is also like, well, of course it is because we, right. (laughs) Because as someone spends time in the Bible, they get to know God. And as they get to know God, they fall more in love with him. And then obedience and worship, like all those things come trailing behind that. Well, uh, for me, like, when someone picks up, I mean, this is true for adults too. When someone picks up the Bible, if they don't spend time in it, then it can feel super awkward. Mm. Even the best translations, uh, that, you know, that are still like a, not a paraphrase, but translation of the Bible that still tries to do either phrase for phrase or word for word, uh, translation. There are moments where if you, when you don't understand context and you don't have the full picture of what God, the story that God is telling, uh, it, it can just be hard to understand. It's a learned skill, I think, just like anything else, to learn how to study the Bible. And the great news about that is that anyone can do it. Uh, anybody can learn how to study the Bible. And I believe in learning how to study the Bible that the Holy Spirit will use that 
and begin to transform our lives. And so, uh, you know, I, the Bible not being awkward in someone's hands anymore is that throughout their time in student ministry, that we have pointed them to Scripture so much, that we have had nose down in the Bible so much, that we have taught them how to study it on their own so much, that it it's comfortable to them. Not comfortable in terms of there's no conviction and things like that. Obviously, that would be the case. But comfortable in terms of when they wake up in a college dorm or wake up in the military, that they can pull out their Bible and be able to have an ongoing relationship with God without a person standing over their shoulder saying, hey, this is what this means and this is what this means. Oh, wow. Um, so I, we really that's, – that's what that means. We, re, we really wanted teenagers in our ministry – uh, to get past, to press through the awkwardness of first entering into studying the Bible. Um, and so many, I think, drop out of studying the Bible at that beginning stage because they read something they don't understand or they go a couple weeks where they're like, I'm just not getting anything from this, and so I'm just going to stop. Uh, right. But pressing through that moment and teaching them how to do it is super, super important. Yeah, man. I, I love that so much. We So now when I do my uh, leadership training, uh, we do it uh, once every summer. We do a big training thing, and then we do one more kind of a light one in the winter. And over the summer, uh, the, the last two summers, that's been our big thing is we're going to make the Bible feel less awkward in these teenagers' hands. Uh, dash Ben Trueblood, you know, <laughs> so and then and then we give them those books to look at. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's really important, and it sets a big precedent for you know a teenager to win, like you said, when they get to college or they're in the military or past that. Um, I think that's crucial. So yeah, I definitely would recommend that book to anyone that's interested or anyone that has a teenager. Uh, I would say needs to check that out. I don't have kids, so all I know is I have a bunch of uh, crazy students at the church that I know this book has helped our leadership <laughs> with uh, yeah. uh, as well. well so that's, you, thank you for that. That's really encouraging that it's helping you guys. I, man, thank you. No, of course. Um, the, the other two books you just wrote, if you don't mind me uh, plugging you a little bit there, uh, A Different College Experience, and then another one is Within Reach. Is that? Yes. Okay, so yeah. tell me about those. So both of them came out in January um, this year, 2019, and uh, a different college experience I wrote with a good friend of mine. His name is Brian Mills. Mm-hmm. I was in student ministry for a long time. Uh, he's a college pastor now at Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas, and man, just doing a killer job. They have you know like a thousand plus college students on their weekly college worship gathering. And oh, that's all. Doing oh, wow. Great stuff with international college students and small groups. Like it's just it's incredible. He and I were sitting next to each other on at a conference on a bus on our way on our way somewhere, and uh, <clears throat> he had just transitioned into college ministry recently. And I asked him, "Man, having been in student ministry so long, and now getting students on the other side of that, like you're mm-hmm. getting all of the students that were in student ministries coming to the college campus, and you're getting ones who never darkened the door of a church coming onto the college campus, and you're reaching them." What would you go back and do differently if you went back and were a student pastor all over again? And we started having this conversation based around that idea. And that's where a different college experience was born. Uh, And we wrote a different college experience for the purpose of graduating high school seniors and slash freshmen, sophomores. It's also a great read for parents 
who have who are getting ready to launch a senior into their their college their the next phase of life into those college yeah. years. Um, man, the college experience for so many is just supposed accountability free experimentation living that results in a lot of baggage and pain and heartache. Uh, and we we wanted to write something that would prepare students to meet those challenges, but not just prepare them to meet those challenges in a very practical way, which we do. Uh, but we wanted to give them a theological foundation by which they're able to meet those challenges, uh, because wow. we don't we don't think that it's, it's just of the of the will that they're able to get through the college experience kind of baggage free or whatever. We, we think that it's grounded in a person's personal theology and what they believe about God, who he is, what he's called them to be, what he's made them to be, their identity from Christ, uh, as well as what they believe about the church um, and a host of other things. So that's kind of the, the book is laid out. We start with that theological foundation and then build the practical on top of that. We have college students that have written uh, some advice of their own. So it's like straight from another college student, uh, that's included in the book that I think it's a, is a really cool aspect of it. So yeah, that's, that was the purpose behind that one. And, um, and super excited about it. It was one of the funnest book projects. Uh, yeah, I have a lot. I have three, um, but of the three, it was a lot of fun to be a part of 300% more books than I have. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I may be done at three, so we'll well, there you uh, go. We'll see. And then uh, the other one that you mentioned, within reach, is a book based around the research that we just released from Lifeway uh, on students staying connected to church during their college years. And those two books kind of run on the same track. They're very uh, they're very similar in target audience. Um, the within reach is meant for church leaders and the, the different college experience is meant for the teenagers themselves. And like we didn't plan on releasing them at the same time. It just kind of all happened that way. And, and there we are. So those are the two that came out most recently. OK, wow. Yeah, those are those are going to be great. If you are a youth pastor, um, you know, we do. I know most churches do a, um, you know, one of those graduate recognition Sundays in May. Yes. That, uh, we all look forward to, uh, in, in all the crying and, uh, all the parents that are crying. And we always give a gift. So, um, you know, to the graduating class. So I would recommend a different college experience as, uh, that gift. Um, I think it would be good for them, uh, to check out. Is there, uh, what else do you have? Is, oh, let me, I knew I was going to ask you, what, what is it like? Whenever you go into a book, because most people will never have the experience where they walk into a bookstore and they see their own name on their own work at the bookstore. You know what I'm saying? And so when you walk in yeah. and you see something, something by Ben Trueblood, you know, a different college student, Ben Trueblood, what, what, what's that like? Because you've written three more books than I have, and I don't know what that's like. Yeah, man, it's weird. Uh, honestly, it <clears throat> it's just a... It's a different experience. It, at the same time as being weird, it's also really fun because anytime, anytime you do something like that, write a book or a blog post or man, like what you're doing with this podcast, like you put, you put a lot of work into the content of that. And, oh, yeah. and it's cool to see that, man, God gave me something, put it on my heart. I put all this work into it and here it is. And yeah. I, I hope that, that, 
it's a blessing for people. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's fun and it, it doesn't, it doesn't get old. It's cause it's a reminder of like, so you mentioned student ministry that matters. Yeah. And writing that book, it was the first book I wrote. Um, and, and writing it and walking through it was such a cool thing because, uh, I was able to look back on things that God did in student ministry and in my own heart over a decade. Uh, plus of student ministry and to be able to put those things down in a book that hopefully someone benefited from um, was really cool. And the people say that when you, when you write something, you have to get to the point where you would write it even if nobody read it. And that, Mm. and that's where I got to with that book because it was such a journey down God's faithfulness in ministry in spite of myself a lot of times along the way right right yeah yeah. things that went wrong and things that you look back and go like why in the world did i make that decision in ministry but god ended (laughs) up you know using it in some way or at least keeping us keeping the thing from burning to the ground like it just there were there were so many things in writing that that it was just honestly it was a worshipful experience because of god's faithfulness so uh, and I think anytime we put any kind of content out there, whether it's a book, um, or the podcast like you're doing here or preparing for a sermon or leading a parent meeting, anytime mm. we throw content out like that, when God uses it and touches someone's heart and then it just is a, is a cool experience every time. Well, man, you're doing a great job. I mean, I'll, I can speak from my perspective that student ministry that matters has helped us a lot. Um, we've made sure to apply the things that we've uh, studied here, and and that's one of the things that we've has been very applicable is that book uh, for sure. And I haven't, I haven't. What's the past tense of dive? Is it dove? Delve? <laughs> <laughs> when do y'all tell me? That's I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have not dove in. Uh, that's not it. Into um a different college experience yet. Um, and, or nor within reach, but I obviously intend to, but I can say from firsthand experience, if you haven't checked out student ministry that matters, um, you need to do it. Ben, how can people connect with you? Yeah. One quick thing on the, on student ministry that matters. I appreciate the encouragement. It means a lot to me that's helped you guys. I did, uh, that isn't the story every time though. I did have one guy hit me up on Twitter one time and said, uh, hey, I read Student Ministry That Matters and implemented the whole thing and uh, got fired six months later. <laughs> so I was like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry about oh, that. Man. I don't I don't know. Probably some other things going on around than just the whatever. But yeah. it was Seems deeper than that, Brian. <laughs> it was hilarious because I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, take it back. In terms of connection. I am uh, all the social media stuff is at Ben Trueblood, um, and that is that's where you'll find me. Perfect, Ben. Thanks so much for being on. You are our second guest ever. This is a milestone. Everyone, write this down. This happened today. Write down the day. Ben Trueblood changed our lives. Um, <laughs> ben, dude, thank you for having me on. It's been awesome to hang out with you, dude. Thanks for being on, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, our next guest is a surprise. Make sure you are subscribed, following us uh, at Wyson Podcast on Instagram. You'll get to see behind the scenes and get to see who's coming up next very shortly. Thanks, Ben, so much. All right. Thank you, man.